0: This is the Shed End View Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the Shed End View Podcast with myself, Gareth McCullough. And I'm Molly McKenzie. And that man down there, all the way from uh, the deepest, darkest Australia, is Mr. Darren Noonan. Dara, welcome. Hello, Dara. How's it going, guys? Not too bad. How are you keeping? Yeah, keeping well. Ticking on now with this coronavirus. I mean, one of the questions we ask everybody, all the guests that have been on our video podcasts, um, you know, what have they been doing to sort of, you know, during lockdown, how have they been sort of keeping themselves amused, I suppose. You obviously probably have a bit of a different take on it, given the fact that you're, you're down under. I mean, what, how's life been like for you over the last few weeks? Yeah, it's been
1: very quiet, to be honest. Um, we have moved out to a new job out in regional Australia. Um so we are just isolating in the house at the minute by ourselves and actually start work again tomorrow for the first time in a couple of weeks right there's a bit of a problem with uh, materials getting delivered from china
0: so it was all stopped for and what was the problem? What, what was what, what, what was the problem with getting the stuff delivered from China? <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I mean, I see
1: that, what
0: the was. <laughs> is something obviously? Then I mean, over the past couple of weeks, obviously, when you said you haven't been working, what have you sort of been up to? Uh, going by going by your Instagram, and um, you appear to be doing a bit of fishing.
1: Yeah, I've turned into a pro fisher now. <laughs> <laughs> There's more chance that than pro footballer, is there? <laughs> you're right <laughs> D-
2: Dara, I'm slightly disgusted you've come on here I thought you were wearing a golf t-shirt at first and then you, you sat up there and I saw that there's a Spurs badge what's going on here you know other side of the world you're wearing your e-top
0: here spreading the message <laughs> <laughs> you you know, the world? Ali's got a Ali's got a Chelsea top up behind him Just up um, behind there. I'm I'm trying to remain neutral here this is in your e-podcast <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, that's right Um I mean, I suppose. I mean, I've already spoken to you, obviously for one of the then interview for the paper, obviously just for for our, our viewers here. I mean, you know, what's life been like over the last sort of well, got to a year that um, you've been out in Australia? How you been getting on? Yeah, I've
1: had a great time. Um, I was in Melbourne initially, um I was loving life over there. Um, and then to stay on for the further year, you have to do your regional work. So. That's why I came out to, I was in Ranald initially, and now I'm in Corowa, which is about five hours from Melbourne. Um, obviously, there's not <laughs> there's not really much going on around us here. Um, so I'm looking forward to finishing this regional work off and then getting back to the city. And what kind of work do you be doing when you're over there, Dad? Um, well, I was working in construction in Melbourne, and then out here I'm working on solar farms the mechanical installation of solar panels.
0: So I mean, from your perspective, me, how long until you actually? <clears throat> excuse me, how long until you actually get back into the city? Like when you will? Have you a date for that or a time frame? I don't have an
1: exact date. Um, I'd say it'll be probably in June sometime. By the time I get my 88 days, you have to do. So I've got about 30, 35 left to do. So once I've done that, then we'll head back to Melbourne. Never mind Let's going back it. to Melbourne.
2: My question is when are you coming back to Newry and getting back in the center half of St. boiler?
1: <laughs> well, that all depends, I suppose. We'll see what way work uh, work ships up when we get back to Melbourne. Could be sooner than expected. We've got a big lucrative sponsor for this podcast, like, so we could pay your flight back. That's no problem. Oh, that sounds good, yeah. <laughs> what about uh, a
0: say on thing? Well here, hold on a bit let's pause a wee second because this is the first time this lucrative sponsor for the podcast has been mentioned to me, which has, <laughs> uh, kept in the loop, I mean. uh, and if there's a lucrative sponsorship it'll be coming me and Ali's way. Not be <laughs> <laughs> uh well I mean, I suppose you know, have you been out have you been keeping in touch with with, with football, have you been keeping in touch with sort of what's going on back home in terms of Yuri since you've been out in Australia.
1: Yeah, yeah, I always follow the results now every weekend. Um, obviously we're a bit ahead on the time over here, so the games be on during the middle of the night, but always always on Sunday morning I would check, see how the lads get on. Do so um, you get to play any it's, football
2: it's,
1: over I just, there? I just joined a club, Nanny Club, um, Middle Park before I came out here, but obviously they haven't played any games with the Bears, so I'll probably get back to them now when I get back to Melbourne.
0: When you're saying there, you know, the games obviously, Yuri's games would take place in the middle of the night for you. I mean, so you check on a, on a Sunday morning. Now, would that mean when you get up on the Sunday morning, or would you still be up from the night before?
1: <laughs> just depends what weekend it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very honest answer, for enough. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I suppose looking back, you know, at your, your, your time at Yuri, and we were talking just with myself and Ali before uh, you come on. Um, just about the time you signed, uh, obviously from Lurgan Celtic, it was during the, the cha- our championship season. Um, the sort of ironic thing was Nuri's first season up in the championship, and the first game of the season, the way to Lurgan Celtic, you were playing centre back, and you obviously said Lurgan Celtic big Nury, which you know I would say, even though it was our first season up, it was probably a bit of a, a bit of a bit of a shock to be quite frank. You know, the first game of the season, we're like, <laughs> oh, all right, this isn't going to go too well. But then your last game for Lurgan Celtic was, I think, on Boxing Day. Different, wasn't it? Was five um, 0 um, I mean, did you? And I mean, I know you had a lot of you had, you had a great, good time at Lurgan Celtic, and you enjoyed your time there. But did you sort of feel at that time, you know, you probably knew you were coming in your anime at that stage? But did you, you felt then I'm making the right move because I'm coming from a team that's, with all due respect, that were so sort of struggling. And then you're coming to a team that was challenging at the right end. I mean, it was, it was, I presume it was, you felt it was the right move for you at that stage of your career.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I had a good time with Lurgan Celtic. Um, a lot of the lads there were smashing. Um, but it sort of things went a bit sour at the end. Manager left. Um, new new manager took over. And then a lot of the players had also left. So I didn't think there was anything left for me there anymore. And right. then I met down and A chat with him, then everything looked good, and I was glad to join you.
2: Yeah, because I suppose when you came in, Dara, you really hit the ground running, got inside uh, boiler there for the inside boiler for centre half, and the two of you formed a really, really strong partnership from the start. That I think you coming in really pushed us up and got us into that championship playoff, and particularly gave us the quality that we needed. How did you find, you know, fitting into the club and ticket? You knew that some of the boys but also your partnership with the likes Boiler
1: and the other boys at the back there. Yeah, so I knew a couple of the boys before coming, but everyone's so easy to get on with at the club. Um, there's a few rocket heads <laughs> thrown in among them. So uh, you have to have <laughs> thick skin. Yeah, no, playing beside Boiler is great. You don't have to do much. He does all the talking and you <laughs> sweep up from around him.
0: I mean, he obviously contributed. One of the things actually, interestingly, Boiler spoke about in our last uh, episode was that he doesn't. He felt he didn't score enough goals, um, himself, uh, you know, certainly step pieces and stuff like that. And I mean, it was obviously one particular match. Um, you know, the uh, the institute it was, it was the institute game, wasn't it? That you you scored twice, um late on. And I remember doing a video with you with you afterwards, and uh, <laughs> and you came out with the immortal line of feed the feed feed the goat, and he will score. I <laughs> think you realised it was going out on the on the reporter, reporter social media channels. But um, <laughs> I have got a stick over that. <laughs> well, but but in terms of uh, I mean that was a was a good. Do you feel like a, as a centre back? I suppose a modern day centre back. Um, has to have that sort of string of their bow that they have to be able to sort of contribute at the opposite end of the pitch as opposed to just defending.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I also agree with Boyder. I don't probably score enough goals. Probably should get a few more season than I do. Um, But yeah, that is a part of the centre-back nowadays is chipping in with their maybe four or five goals
0: a season at least. And. Let's let's obviously the key part of that and the key memory probably that people take from that game is um, because it's down in photographic history and it's <laughs> sort of... <laughs> and, and, let's be honest. <laughs> it is, hold it up there. Hold it up there again. Hold it up there again. That, like, look at the difference in the length of that index. <laughs> the, the famous Carvel, I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> so basically... For people that don't that that don't know now, I know um the bit of context is that Brenton Monaghan, our photographer who uh really goes and loves and takes some great shots down down the club, and was sort of complaining that whenever we scored goals we didn't celebrate, we didn't come his direction. And you know, I think between yourself and Mark McCabe, he has made a point of doing it doing it that day and that came the, the famous long finger photo, which is <laughs> you know, obviously you take a mic, <laughs> the, the longest finger ever, but it was just, uh, you know, it was a, a great photo because everybody was in different states, uh, sort of celebration. I mean, is that sort of, and grins in everybody's faces. That's sort of the memory that lives me for that, for that day because it was such a pivotal result in the context of the season, but you could just see different yeah. players here, there and everywhere. I mean, you know, do, do, you, look back, do you ever look back in that photograph and, and go, ah, yeah, that was... That was That was a pretty good day.
1: Yeah, no, that was a great day. It was a very good result for us after I think we went behind in the game Um, and we finished really strong. But yeah, that picture is always in full memories. That picture
2: is kind of immortal for us, Gareth, because usually where we record the podcast is up in the viewing lounge. So I sit this side, Gareth and the guests will sit that side, but up behind me in this wall here would be that picture. And it's just up above the stairs now. So every time Gareth looks over at me, he sees the big famous finger. Pointing down them Never forget all the way from us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, yeah, Dara, I was, was going to say, obviously, the championship season was great, and uh, the energy and the kind of momentum that we built. How much of a difference did you find when you stepped up to the Premiership then with that same team? Because I mean, largely our team didn't change between Premiership to cha- sorry Championship to Premiership. So how did you find we adjusted to it, and did you find it any more difficult, or did you find it easier than you thought? How did how did you take it?
1: Yeah, obviously it is a big step up. It's okay playing a Premiership team maybe once or twice a year in the Cups, but when you're playing them every week, there is a big jump up in standard. There's fitness levels are a lot higher and you just get punished for mistakes. And we learned that the hard way, I felt. Um, we done all right, I thought. We were unlucky in a lot of games. We lost, I don't know how many games, by one goal, mm-hmm. um, but that's just the level you're playing at. We couldn't score at one end and we're conceding at the other. so. It wasn't good
2: enough. Yeah, I think the, the big game that summed that up was, was it the Linfield game where we conceded in the 92nd minute or something. It was an absolute killer blow for us, wasn't it? It was just like it summed up our season, I think, in one game. So close, but then it was just snatched away at the end. Yeah, no, I know. I think I was watching that game from the stands. It was a real sick there. It was a guy Caseman scoring that, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. That was one of the few games yeah,
1: I was watching watch last season.
0: <laughs> I know <laughs> um, I mean, that. Was actually a, bit, <laughs> I was <laughs> wasn't did, did you play in the the Dungana away game? That was the other game I was going to mention. That we were won the love away mm. from home. Um, Carville scored, and uh, we conceded two goals in the last five minutes. Um, yeah, it was a killer. No. You weren't playing that game. Playing that, no. That's convenient, isn't it? That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> there you go. Just out of common denominator here. So the next step leads perfectly into my next question. When are you coming back a sign for you. and 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 not no beating about the bush here? Just you know just <laughs> tell us straight straight up. Tell tell us straight. If you had a message for Darren Darren Mullen now because you're well liked at the club, you're certainly more than capable of, of um, improving the squad. So if you had a message for a, a come-and-get-me to the, the Darren Mullen, now use your platform. <laughs> right, Darren, the flights aren't cheap home. We need a big sign-on for you, for out the cash. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're stating your case, probably pretty, pretty obvious. So.
2: I love the way he said cash, about <laughs> love the checkbook as well.
0: Yeah, <laughs> back pocket so your no, motivation no tax. Tax isn't the love of the game man. it's just pure cold hard cash That's what
1: you're
0: saying no I'm a club player pay for the badge good okay, man I mean I know I, I, I asked you this um, when we did the paper interview in terms of, of sort of your football career back home and I know you may stay out in Australia for another while or you, you might be home and it's pretty much sort of up in the air at the moment um, in terms of coming back, I mean, you're what, 25 now? 24? 25, 25. yeah. 25. 25. So, and you still sort of a good number of years to go yet to play, actually. Football, I mean, what's your, your genuine, you know, in all seriousness this time, uh, your sort of aspiration <laughs> in terms of when you do come back, um, you know, personally, like what sort of level are you looking to play at? And you know what? What do you envisage, sort of the next four, sort of four or five years, where you should be sort of at the peak of your, your football career? What do you see happening?
1: Yeah, well, obviously, I want to play Irish League when I get back home. Um, I think Newry's in a good position now. We've got a good, strong squad. Um, it's signed really well this year, I thought. And well, don't know what's happening with the league now, but next year they'll definitely be, have to be one of the favourites to go to go back up. Um, if the league gets started again, but yeah, no, I want to come home, and play Irish League, and hopefully, you'll yeah, be back up there when
0: I get home. There you go, very diplomatic answer. Like, like, like I've dealt that. I mean, it's <laughs> from a per- from a personal level, uh, I suppose being out in out in Australia and you know, being you know, thousands of miles away from home and new experiences and stuff like that, there's so a feel do you feel you sort of. Have you changed? Have you developed? I don't want to say matured because then that that that, that sort of that, that maybe, maybe hints you're immature, and that's not from I'm saying. You know what I mean? But do you feel like you've sort of uh, you've developed sort of as a, as a person? You know, you know, since going out there, and obviously learning new things that you can take back when you come back back home again. Yeah, well, it's the first time living away
1: from home properly. I was down in Belfast, obviously, at university, but it's not the same the other side of the world. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's good. I've really enjoyed my time here as I said and learned a few valuable life lessons along the way. I'll tell you what, you learn a few lessons when you're working at five in the morning, out
2: laying down uh, solar panels.
1: Not <laughs> takes you yeah. a few of- <laughs> keeping me up here. <laughs>
0: I mean, just just on on that note, so uh we we've we had this scheduled just for the first year, we've had this scheduled um for the last sort of what four or five days or so that it, it's midday <laughs> on, on Sunday here in in uh New York. And what what time are you around there? So it's about it's about after eight, it's about twenty five to nine over there. Is that right? No, yeah. twenty to ten. Twenty 20 oh, to ten. Oh sorry, nine hours ahead. So whenever we uh, sent Darrell the details to uh, you know to, to log in the the video call he goes, uh, well he used some expletives which we'll not, not mention. Uh, he says I'm just about to go to sleep here, which is quite disappointing. You know, given his, 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 he's making all these bold statements, about wanting to come back and play for Yuri, and he doesn't want to to the final podcast. <laughs> Finally got him. If you if you're looking a bit tired, more tired than normal, that's the reason why, man. And and the first guest that we've had the PayPal and appearance fee too as well. <laughs> <laughs> so that you can knock that off your signing on fee when you come back. <laughs> um, I mean, look at it. I suppose if you could pick uh, from the Premiership season, on a pre- well, I suppose first firstly, two a, a part question. And um, you're obviously. With you know, for the full Premiership season, and then the second half of the Championship season when we got promoted. If you could pick one sort of key moment or one one highlight, and I appreciate probably getting promoted the, the night of Carrick would would be would be well up there. But even the moment that a match, or whatever that you know, sort of stands out for you that um, was key or pivotal in the success of the club. Could you personally what would it be? Um. I think my favourite match in the Premiership season was
1: maybe the one where to cool rain uh, where we won it was on BBC. Yeah, yep. we performed really well that night um, and deserved was a good battling performance
0: and we done well to come away with the three points. Was the particular highlight of that game? Um, whenever did, did you watch it back whenever you get home? Like, or did you watch it back after that in BBC?
1: No, I didn't actually get a sense to watch it back.
0: So, did you not have the the watch and all the glory, the live TV interviews with Mark McCabe and Mark Hughes afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I seen part of the interview live. That was for me. That's unbelievable! <laughs> Had a good but, laugh at it. Yeah, which oh, you've obviously got McCabe just you know explaining in great depth um, about how his goal came. <laughs> My teammate Dale passes to me. <laughs> And then I I I volleyed it people's head and
2: going I saw it Mark. Thanks. Uh, Dar- Dar, just on that as well. TV appearances. You were the only Nureyev City FC player to score live in Sky Sports.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: There you go. Do remember that night, Danny Clifton had one ball up. But <laughs> well, it
1: wasn't long going safe after that.
2: <laughs> yeah, we, you scored after, what was it, like four or five minutes? Really early. And we couldn't believe it. We were like, oh, we're in party land here. And then next thing we get home 3-1. But <laughs> uh, I just want to ask you a quick question, Dara, on the Obviously, the Carrick games were probably highlights. But for fans being 2-0 down at Carrick, uh, at home, sorry, 2 Carrick, after 10, 12 minutes, we were all panicking. We thought, oh, we've just completely blown this here. Like, what, what were you thinking as a player on the pitch? Were you, like... I, like, I just can't put myself onto the pitch at that time. Think of the pressure that must have been on you. As, you know, the whole town came out to watch. What was that like for you guys?
1: Yeah, there was a lot of pressure on everyone's shoulders that night. Um, although they were the Premiership team, a lot of people actually had fancied us to beat them. Um, we went 2-0 down. Everyone knew. We had a strong dressing room. Everyone had confidence in each other, so it wasn't really a problem when we did go 2-0 down. Um, and we got right back in the game before half-time and should have actually buried the tie in the first leg. I <laughs> won't, won't mention
0: any names about most panellists. But... <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> but I, I always found that, 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 that,
2: that, yeah, that was definitely the highlight, I think, of the season. Obviously, because it was the playoff and there's that buzz about it. But going 2-0 down just kind of summed up Nuri's comeback, I think, from the brink of where they were a few years before. And to go 2 0 down and then to actually win it quite comfortably over the two legs in the end. Uh, but that was yeah. uh, some feeling down at Cark that night with all the fans there. That must have been amazing as a player on the pitch.
0: Oh, yeah, it was
1: class that night. That's, I think, my favourite moment in the football jersey that night. Um, yeah, some of the fans that have been there, they're supporting you their whole lives. It was uh, just class to see them and really enjoying the night.
2: And what was the highlight of your night? not so much getting promoted, but seeing Kevy Ruddy run up and down with that massive flag.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, he's not right. That that was my personal highlight. Yeah, that was brilliant.
0: There's a cracking photo of him. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, Yeah, it's... um, I was going to say something smart there, but I'll get out and record it history, so I just just can't. Um, (laughs) I mean, looking at it, you know, going over to... It would have been easy for you to probably stay and go, right, we're going to give us another crack in the championship and, and, and stay at Nury. Obviously, you decided to go to Australia. Was that an easy decision to make? It was a decision that was already sort of in the pipeline? Um, or was it made, made easier, I suppose, by the relegation? Um,
1: it was a difficult enough decision. I don't think it would have made a difference at the end of the day. Um, I wanted to get away. Now, when I'm young, because in a couple of years, so I know that I wouldn't wouldn't have ever went to Australia, and I'm glad that I have and um, made the decision to come here. Um, but yeah, it might have made a bit of a difference had we stayed up, but I had already made my mind up at the end of the season. So, well, we
0: well, just to sort of last sort of ten ten minutes or so, five or ten minutes of the um, the podcast. We've been doing a thing, which you've probably heard, uh, uh, asking our guests to pick our top five players. Now, it's not just your top five players as you'd, you'd have in your, your five-a-side team. There's a, there's a a theory behind this. Um, just so before we start, we'll ask some questions about, but you can pick yourself in any of these if, if you want, you know, basically like Kevin Mcardle did. You know what I mean, and I wouldn't strike Kevin as well. Kevin wouldn't strike me as one of the more arrogant ones, but there you go. He picked <laughs> himself. He picked himself as the most skillful, So, which is fair enough. But so we'll ask these one about. I'll, I'll start. So get an easy, an easy one to start with. And these are obviously, you know, the current players that you know were obviously signed after you left. You know, I'm sure unless you know them. Um, you know, suppose you can't really pick them, but players that you've played alongside from your eye. Who is the most skillful player? Who is or was the most skillful player that you played with in your life? Apart from yourself. No up. skill.
1: <laughs> I know, Twinkle Toe's <laughs> uh, Probably Rambo. Yeah, Rambo was probably the most skillful when I was there. Although Tucker's got a great fight. Yeah, between those two, no, I'll give it to Rambo.
0: Is it, is Tucker probably, Tucker's been mentioned a couple of times for this one, and is it probably, people maybe don't, people under underappreciate, sort of the ability Tucker has, I mean, Tucker run all day, he put in tackles, and he'll get up and down the pitch, and he can drag a team up, you know, and, he, and you know, he's only, he is really quiet, but in terms of football and ability, he's probably un, underrated in that regard.
1: Yeah, Tucker's definitely the most underrated player on the team. He's consistent every week, and he's brilliant. He can fire the ball into him under pressure, and he'll always he never loses it. You know what, Gareth? I just have a quick
2: story about Tucker. When I played Karen Bain when I was about 17 and playing Bain league game
0: with Yesterday, Tucker.
2: When I played Karen Bain. <laughs> no, with Tucker, right? <laughs> and uh, Tucker joined our team. Now, uh, like we were all just hopeless. At Tucker joined, we were like the Renford rejects. Tucker joins the team. <laughs> and we were just like, who is this guy? He was unbelievable. So we we're playing out in Drunken Stone one day, and Tucker scores a hat trick, and I think it was a perfect hat trick. Actually, the first one was a header, the second was a left foot, and the third was a dinger from about thirty-four yards, whatever, hammered it top corner. And I was like, this guy is phenomenal. I I just never understood. He hasn't scored the goals for Nurey, but he is capable of it. But he seems to play that real central role and controls the game, doesn't he? But he's so skillful, like one of the most underrated players you'll
1: ever see. Yeah, definitely. I don't know about the goals, though. I've never seen them have a shot in target, never mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
2: swear, though, I'll never forget that hat-trick. Uh, Dar, who would have been the, the, given the best pep talks in Newry, so, like, from your time that you were there? Um, God. It doesn't need to be a manager now. It's obviously to be a player.
1: Oh, definitely, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy comes out with something. <laughs> the same the same uh, two
0: or three sentences every day before a match get all the boys buzzing <laughs> throw in just uh, throw in defeat. don't lose it <laughs> I, I was gonna say can any of these can any of these be be, be said on air because it was see, remember when we when we did the film and there was a, a certain speech that Jarvis gave before a game and uh, so we say it was uh, a, a speed of ridden I think is probably yeah. the best one
2: it was left with a cotton room floor <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. <laughs> okay, so who's Mister Pass the Buck? So who doesn't take responsibility for any of their mistakes or blames all the people? Um, or the boys you play. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 <Straight up.
1: laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so give give us a couple of examples of uh, of how Hughie is uh, Mister Pass the Buck. Oh, Easy can never
1: accept these wrong. Always, <laughs> always, <laughs>
0: always giving up.
1: He's a got
0: small man, <laughs> <laughs> well, he seems to be quite, quite, uh, quite popular for that choice. Um, so we've got, we've got a couple <laughs> more. Ali, let you have know the next one. Okay, Dara, I'm gonna mix
2: this one up here now. This is the brainiest player in the in the team, but everybody said engine. So we understand the engine might be the smartest player, but give us someone who is an engine who would be the next smartest player and why. Ooh. That might have just cut your your choices down to a very limited few. <laughs>
1: Those are two or three, maybe, and that's it. I'd say Boiler.
0: Who was it? John. Boiler. Boiler. Fair enough. Fair enough. Not yeah. uh, Right, and now the, the, the graphic I'm looking at of who Kevin McCardle selected uh, for this next one, uh, I have a feeling you might select the same person again <laughs> tell you it was afterwards uh, who's had the best excuse for missing training? Again you can include yourself in this okay.
1: oh god there's been a few bad ones I uh, don't think of anything spring to mind Walker and Carville have had a few over the, <laughs> over the season and a half I was a, mm-hmm. uh, Carville started the two of them stuck in pasty, chap eating pasties,
0: <laughs> and, and they missed training because of that. <laughs> well,
1: they were
0: very late to training. <laughs> well, the one, that, one that Kevin, Kevin McCardle picked Connor McCall for one of them. I thought, that I'm surprised McCall hasn't got a mention yet. You know, somewhere, somewhere along the line, for something, to do, doing something, something daft or something out of the
1: ordinary. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what was his excuse? I can't
0: remember what it was, it actually. Was,
2: it was, um, <laughs> Kevin says to him, he didn't turn up for a game, and Kevin says, where were you on Saturday? And he says, what day was that?
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, no, 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 I think that was the response we had at the time. Yeah. Um, well, like I think that uh, that probably is short and sweet this week. Um, and it's great to hear from you, and good to see you keeping well over in Australia. Um, if you want to if anybody or any supporters, I'm sure that will be watching, and um, the, the thousands that we have watching our podcast every week, um, I'm sure they'll, they'll want to hear from you and want to hear a wee message if you want to sort of direct something towards the the newly faithful that they uh, love you and your long fingers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, just get a great bunch of fellas and keep rooting for the team. Three seconds
2: and you said earlier on we're going to see you back in the near e jersey very soon so we're going to hold you to that
1: yeah we'll see we'll see <laughs> see what the future holds
0: <laughs> well listen look after yourself um, we'll speak again soon hopefully uh, in, in, in person in the, in the very near future if possible Okay, yeah. dar take care
1: all the best thank you